Hey everybody, it's Keith here. I'm live in the lab. I'm live in the Business Athlete Performance Lab. Coming in on Monday, kicking off the week. Interesting guests here today. We'll talk about that in a few moments. You're going to want to stick around for this one. With our guest Clifford Steven, the founder of Booze Vacation. You're thinking Booze Vacation. Yeah, there's your hook. Booze. Vacation. In my experience, when you put booze and vacation together, I don't know, it kind of seems to be the opposite, doesn't it? But I think today we're going to learn the opposite of that. Let's bring in Clifford Steven, who he's here to talk about booze vacation. Clifford, welcome to the lab. Welcome to the Business Athlete Performance Lab. Hey, Keith. Great to, great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So you're the founder of Booze Vacation. Explain to the listeners what Booze Vacation is and how you arrived at creating Booze Vacation. Yeah, Booze Vacation was kind of a COVID passion project that I got started on when the world shut down. It was really um, kind of scratching my own itch. I think I have a pretty standard um, social background, started to drink in high school, went to college, you're drinking there, you're, you're in corporate America, you're drinking there. And, you know, with age and wear and tear, and as you get into your 30s and 40s, it doesn't work as well. And, you know, I think a lot of my peers and I, you know, there's a pretty strong association with alcohol and fun, friends, events, and a reward system. And so with that association, it could be kind of tricky to navigate when you find it everywhere and it does start precipitating, you know, kind of quality of life issues and health issues. So that, you know, my background, I have a degree in nutritional science. I played water polo, soccer, tennis, real active kind of, you know, with my diet and fitness and always was pretty healthy and fit, but kind of in my forties that kind of started to go kind of South and, I kind of had to start looking at, I looked at everything and kind of alcohol was kind of the last thing I looked at. Cause I just, honestly, I didn't really think it made that big of a deal, but when I did finally go ahead and take a one year break, I just had such transformation and such massive gains and it was such a gift and it just made kind of everything easier and better. So it's not, it wasn't about sobriety or pointing fingers, but it was kind of just it seemed like my peer groups needed somebody to kind of talk about, you know, some of the some of the challenges and realities behind alcohol that I think are pretty formulaic and pretty certain with like again with age and wear and tear and tolerance. It's kind of just you're kind of just bound to get less, which just less benefits. It's harder on your aging body. And and you know, I think my peers are pretty high performing. They've got good, good jobs and businesses and nice families and you know i think a lot of people on paper would think that they have it all but you know like i said since they're my peer group i see them and like me we're kind of you know there's some some challenges there with just increased responsibility maybe a little bit less me time and trying to have fun and and trying to navigate social socially with with alcohol could be kind of challenging so I just really found a need in my peer groups and I got such great benefits that I decided that I wanted to launch essentially kind of a men's health and wellness movement uh, focused around taking an extended vacation from alcohol and then leveraging that time, money, and energy to really kind of clean up the diet, fitness, sleep, lifestyle stuff that goes sideways. It's 
pretty darn difficult to optimize when you're kind of regularly drinking and, and kind of lowering your hormones and decreasing your sleep quality and increasing inflammation and have less energy and less, less testosterone. So it's just, there's just a, a big ball of challenges that come with regular alcohol use. So I wanted to kind of introduce that to my peer groups as a way, because like I said, it's just not really discussed. It's not tried. There's not really examples. So I kind of wanted to start shining a light on that in a fun and an aspirational way. So, and you're kind of hitting on the the title, Booze Vacation. It sounds a little like a little bit of an oxymoron, but <clears throat> but yeah, it's, you know, I, I kind of coined that phrase when I was, you know, explaining it to my buddies and it, you know, made them laugh and it got me off the hook most of the time. So I thought it was kind of a fun way to just kind of make it again, fun and aspirational because at the end of the day, we're actually able to deliver on the beer commercials a lot better than the beer commercials are when it comes to just your results and your outcome and your look and feel and your relationships and all that. So I figured uh, if they can do it, we can do it too. <laughs> it took courage as a human to swim upstream with your peer group and say, I'm going to take the proverbial bull by the horns and be the guy that's going to put his hands up and say, maybe there's a different option. Talk about your mindset as you went about coming out with that topic with everybody to say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to own this topic. Yeah. You know, and again, it's really going to depend on the individual and, and where they're at and what they're, you know, if they're introverted or extroverted, if they like to, how much shit they like to talk with the buddies, you know, or if they just want to kind of just do it on their own. But yeah, I was extroverted. I, I love giving unsolicited advice to me and my buddies, you know, it's just kind of how I was brought up and, and, you know, I've, I've worked on a lot of different things in my life. And so, you know, I've kind of saw what worked and what didn't and, you know, like talking shit with my buddies. And so, yeah, for me, it was a natural fit for others. It's not, but again, that's why we kind of developed this kind of community that's kind of bigger than ourselves. So whether you're really into sharing your story or whether you just want to say, Hey, just check out the website, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of skin that cat in a bunch of different ways, but yeah, I'm, I'm super passionate about it. And you know, I kind of just kind of work through a lot of the, you know, just through my own experiences and scratching my own itch, kind of figured out a lot, which has been interesting and fun to talk about. And and guys are pretty interested in hearing about it just because, like I said, there's not too many guys that are doing it. And again, it's not like never drinking again or total sobriety because, you know, I'm not targeting alcoholics. My peer groups probably aren't necessarily even looking for that, but it's just, it's more of a giving them an opportunity and a choice because when you don't ever stop, you don't really get much of a say. You're kind of just stuck in these negative feedback loops. And so it's really about giving guys a choice by, give, you know, letting them see how they look and feel with an extended break and how they, they learn to have fun without it and they can still relax. And so ultimately it's a choose your own adventure, but giving them that choice I think is important. I think it's a wonderful aspirational point of view to show somebody, yeah, well, here's an option for you to maybe consider. Like it's, you're really just throwing out the option of maybe you might want to consider this or here's what it would look like. Because I think when you present the information that way, Clifford, you're presenting it without judgment, right? You're not saying, oh, you don't drink or why don't you drink or I don't drink. And because I know in my experience, when I offer up the fact that I, I haven't had a drop and it's not because I, I didn't stop drinking because I had a problem with alcohol. That wasn't it. 
it was a conflict with my lifestyle. I'm like, well, it's really difficult for me to go climb a mountain or go on a long trek if I'm hungover or if I want to train in the gym tomorrow morning or if I want to go. And what I really love to do is spend 90 minutes or 120 minutes beating myself up in the gym. It wasn't feeling very good as I was aging through life as alcohol was there. So I was like, you know what? Uh, I was feeling somewhat of a, of a conflict. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna put it away. I'm done with it. And but it was, but still, people make judgments. And do you not agree with that? That it's like you know, you're either trying to push on that belief, or so it's delicate in how you communicate the message. Am I am I correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you look at our website, I think we've done a pretty yes. nice job of kind of navigating it. Again, we're not pushing fingers. We're not you know pointing fingers or. We're talking a little bit of shit, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like anybody would give their buddy crap if they have a crazy girlfriend or whatever it is, you know? So it's just, yeah, kind of just trying to create a little bit of awareness and showing that there's another way. Because like I said, I think it's pretty easy to get caught in the system where it's the only way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and as you hit on, we're similar age yeah, what works in your 20s and 30s doesn't necessarily work in your 40s and 50s, especially if you've reached some success and you're trying to be physically active and you're trying to eat well. And, you know, with that, there's a lot of, you know, you have stress management, you have to sleep well, you have to, you know, kind of keep fit and not get injured. And so there's a lot of things that go with that. And that's just pretty damn difficult to pull off with regular alcohol use. So, it's ultimately, it boils kind of boils down to more like what you want and how long you want to keep it. And so, right. you know, I figured if you get it and you keep, if you got what you like, like keep it and enjoy it versus, you know, kind of going the other route. And probably somebody who, I believe you have a, a degree in nutritional science, right? So there's also perhaps maybe yep. that mental hypocrisy going on in your brain, right? Which is, I know better. So at some point in my life, as I age and mature, I do know better because I was educated to know better. And one, and what I do know better is that alcohol does not just help me perform on a regular basis. And it's, you know, and, and again, it's not about putting it away forever. It's just making different choices throughout, you know, the week. Yeah, definitely. Now there's, it's, and you know, like I said, I think a lot of guys, they go to the gym and they ate the kale salad and they yeah. take some supplements and they're doing all this stuff, you know, to look and feel good. And I think they kind of intuitively know that they're kind of kicking the shit out of themselves on the weekend, going a little big and they feel it and they don't look the best, but they think that they're kind of able to kind of compensate for it. Right. And, you know, ultimately I kind of found that, you know, again, especially as you age, it's pretty tricky to thread that needle. It's nearly impossible with your physiology. And so, yeah, so it's just, it's kind of a, it's just a, you know, a, you know, a way to mix it up and try different things and see what you like. And, and again, I think most of the guys that take a vacation, they'll still have, they'll still have drinks, you know, here and there, but it's way less and for different reasons. And so it's not necessarily about sobriety, but then others like been on a vacation for you know they never got off you know they're two years in so it's just really kind of just depends on the individual being a business athlete to me is somebody who weaves in principles of business and athletics to to weave a better lifestyle for themselves i believe you are an avid surfer you play tennis what other things do you do to keep yourself active and moving forward and 
how long have you been surfing? Forever? Yeah, um, probably freshman year in high school. So, yeah, it's been, man, it's 30, 30 plus years. It was cool. Me and my buddy, uh, me and a buddy from high school went to Nicaragua and surfed like six to 10 foot waves for our 50th birthday. So that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I can still get it going. But yeah, I, you know, I, I keep active walks and yoga and, and swim and lift weights and, you know, not every, you know, kind of a little bit every day, basically. I try to do, you know, I follow Peter Atia. There's some phase two training on like, you know, an aero bike and, little bit of high intensity interval training, but yeah, kind of try to keep well-rounded and obviously strong and sort of limber as, which is uh, a little trickier as you get older. Yeah. That's what I work towards. Isn't it though? I, uh, you're a triathlon guy too. So not only a surfer or a tennis guy, but you do triathlons. Am I correct? Yeah, I did. I did some, I did about a dozen plus there are half Ironmans. I did. I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And I played water polo, so I was used to kind of sucking it up and enduring the tremendous amounts of pain. So wasn't really like trying to get on the podium or anything, but it was always basically the first Saturday of May. So it kind of forced me to get in really good shape for summer. Um, so me and, me and some buddies would do it. And yeah, we had a great time. Swim 1.2 miles in a lake. 56 miles on a pretty hilly elevated climb in central California and then a 13 mile kind of run slash walk, whatever you can do. So, but yeah, it was a hell of a, it was a really cool event. They had bands and but all the college kids were um, from, from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo where I went, we were volunteering and just kind of some funny aid stations that, you know, kids is kind of getting crazy. It was, it was a good time and uh, a positive vibe. So I wound up doing that quite a, quite a while. And, but yeah, I'm not, not busting those out too much anymore. Um, but yeah, they were a lot of fun. Is, so is it because of it? Do we age and you start putting things away? Is that why? You, so do you focus on just surfing and tennis now or? Yeah. You know, that's part of it. You know, they kind of shut down during COVID Got and, it. and, but yeah. So I, and again, I wasn't like crazy into it, but I, I just wound up doing it kind of over and over again, even though it wasn't really my deal, but yeah, it was just a good way to kind of get in shape and, and kind of make sure you're ready to rock for summer. So, but yeah, it, it was a good time. COVID changed your life differently. It seems to me than many others. It changed it in a very positive way. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of extra time and uh, energy that I, yeah, wound up launching Booze Vacation, kind of this passion project that, yeah, it's been fun. And yeah, I really feel like I kind of found my passion and my gift and have been, you know, hoping to kind of share it. And, and yeah, it's a lot of fun and doing a lot of good and yeah, addressing a pretty common need in my peer group that I just, found a pretty big need for, you know, that I struggled to find on my own. So kind of trying to make it a little bit easier for, for my peers best we can. Clifford, what would you say to somebody who has a passion project on the, sh- on the shelf or they're working on it every here, every hour there, every hour here, what would you say to that person who's wanting to do it, but is hesitant to do it or reluctant to do it? You're an entrepreneur. You went for it. What would you say to that person? I think that's a good clarification there. I have been a, a, an entrepreneur, so I have my own consulting business, design, employee and executive pay plans. It's a facet of HR where we set up compensation plans, tell companies what to pay for, pay their employees. And I've had a bunch of different kind of 
you know, businesses. So I do think, or, you know, you know, mm-hmm. trials and errors type of thing. And so yes. I think, yeah, that's pretty critical. You know, I, I, I do empathize. I think it's difficult to kind of strike out and try it out. Obviously, if you keep, obviously you want to keep your day job and try to try to do it on the side for sure. But yeah, it's, you know, some just like to take the risk and others don't. And it is extra work. It is a pain in the ass, but there's a lot of upsides to it as well. And I think, yeah, especially as you get older, I noticed my buddies that had the stable corporate jobs, you know, that was probably easier in my 20s and 30s. You know, I think they kind of start feeling like they kind of hit a wall there and they don't have, you know, they don't have really any other, you know, at that point you get in your 40s and 50s, maybe you're maybe not as likely to have that entrepreneurial spirit. So no, I think it's, I think it's great. It's definitely kind of the spiritual lesson. You just learn a lot. You learn a lot of what not to do and you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about others. So yeah, I think it's really valuable and important for people to kind of go for it. But, you know, obviously the, you know, you just have to try to figure it out financially and, but yeah, if you have a corporate job, I think there's definitely some opportunity there to kind of explore that and try to get something else, get another plate spinning if you can. Let's go to TikTok. So you emerged as a TikTok star. You're not your typical TikTok, probably demographic person or a creator. What happened and how did you go viral on TikTok? As I had kind of set up booze vacation, I wanted to kind of get it out. And my marketing person was like, hey, this is kind of more of an open platform and stuff versus if you're posting on Facebook or Instagram or something. So I kind of monkeyed around with it for about a year. And yeah, we've had some pretty, pretty good success. I had one that had two and a half million views and six, you know, million views and 600,000 views. So yeah, you know, it's, I think, I think there's just, you know, you can get some pretty viral moments when you're just kind of riffing on alcohol and talking shit and and having fun with it and, and whatever. So yeah, it was kind of funny. Did it pay off for you? Did you make any money from those moments? So TikTok, yeah, it's kind of more just exposure. You know, yeah. I am, I mean, I'm trying to get the vernacular out there of like, you know, booze vacation and how it's a break. It's kind of an extended break from alcohol. So it's been nice because, you know, these millions of views, I'm getting that vernacular out there and it's getting kind of hashtags and stuff like that. So it's free. So, you know, as you're kind of bootstrapping your business, it's been helpful there and kind of just getting the word out and, yeah, as far as conversions and going to my website and actually, you know, taking a challenge or, or taking a vacation, you know, it gets watered down pretty significantly. But yeah, like I said, you know, it's a tool, just like all the other social media, it's all of their strengths and, and weaknesses. But yeah, it's a pretty good one for just kind of some quick eyeballs. What would you say to somebody who's hesitant about jumping into TikTok or doesn't know where to start with TikTok? What would, what would be your first bit of advice? You know, just monkey see, monkey do. You can kind of see what people are doing. You can copy what people have done. You know, everybody's kind of putting in their own slant to it and has their own background and their own music and the way the algorithms work, like they're just kind of, it's a little bit of a slot machine type of thing. So just keep pulling. (laughs) But I I know by no means an expert, but yeah, I just kind of, I've had, I've had some pretty good days on it, but you know, again, I, I, I'm not hitting it as hard now with just, just kind of trying to spin the plates, but no, I think, I think there's definitely some value there. There's some, there's, you can work with consultants if you want, but 
No, I think it's just really, like I said, I think just kind of seeing what works and what you're interested in and, and just trying out different stuff. It's clear that in today's world, when you're starting a business, you're really starting a media company, aren't you? Yeah, that's that seems like the way it's headed for sure. Yeah, that's what a lot of the, the big successful people say. Do you consider yourself a creator of, of content to get your message out first? Where does that sit for you, Clifford, in terms of business and, and the priorities? Yeah, no, that's kind of where it's shifting towards. You know, we've had a pretty challenging marketing kind of code to crack, so to speak. You know, how do you kind of, how do you let guys know that there's a situation there that they want to address when mm -hmm. they kind of are kind of la, 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 don't want to hear it or, or don't mm -hmm. think that it's an issue? So we've kind of had to really hone in our offer and what we charge, which is nothing and how we engage and, and the different challenges and different, you know, kind of really reduce the drag to kind of just get some early adoption and some wins and some awareness. So I think, yeah, it's, it depends on where you're at. So now that's kind of been baked. We've kind of We've honed our message. Yeah, now we're kind of back into kind of turning on the socials and yeah, getting into the branding of getting the messages out there and and trying to hone in specific, you know, content around that. So yeah, I've kind of just spun this one big one where we completely just redid our website and the offers and got everything plugged in. And now I got to kind of hop over and start, um, yeah, and, and podcasts as well, but doing, yeah, kind of getting LinkedIn and TikTok and some other stuff going just to kind of get some awareness. When I learned of you and I learned of Booze Vacation and, and, and not as much one compensation, what struck me about, about Booze Vacation, Clifford, was we are in a world now of long tail topics, hyper niche, like pick a hyper niche topic and own it. And I commend you for picking a very specific topic, Booze Vacation for Men. You, you just put it right in the box. You've said, hey, men, in this demographic, if you fall here, come listen and learn. Th that, that, that's the right approach as an entrepreneur. You're owning a narrative and you're going to brand yourself with that narrative. I would think that you, you, you've, I guess you've spoken the fact that you've kind of spun the wheel and you found a few things, but you're on your right path now. Am I not correct? I'd like to think so. And, and uh, yeah, it's funny because I, I think you're right. I mean, I do think I've identified a niche and I think it's funny because a lot of these niches are kind of small, but yes. in this case, I think it's actually very large. It's just for a lot of reasons, people just haven't addressed it. You know, like I said, I think, I think the big one is they see my peer group and they're like, Hey, Bob's doing great. He's a head of, he's got his own attorney practice or he's got his own business. He's got a nice house, a nice family but they're not looking at his blood work. They're not looking at his energy level. They're not looking at his CPAP machine and, and just all this other nonsense that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, on the, what's really going on. And so that I see was just, you know, hanging out with my buddies. So I, and, and it's a tricky one to kind of attempt to broach. So yeah, I'm just kind of, for whatever reason, it's just, that's just kind of my makeup of, you know, kind of, Deal, you know, seeing the effect, the negative effects it has on your health and quality of life, and then being able to kind of figure it out in, in my crazy head and kind of how that could translate to a lot of other guys that are probably also a little bit crazy as well. Mm -hmm. Who, who's the target demo? Is it 40 the to target 60, demo 20 is, to 40? You know, it's really, I'd say 30 to 50 year old males. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the, 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 you know, some of the millennials, I don't think 
millennials are drinking less they don't drink as much they have all kinds of different stuff they have weed they have dating apps they have all this stuff that we didn't have back in the day so that's changed their habits and you know it's yeah it's kind of it's kind of my peer group that yeah the guys that are doing pretty well went to college kind of get indoctrinated into drinking you know through high school and college and corporate america and you know i think it's guys that want want more want it more and they want to enjoy it and they want to look and feel good and they, if you don't have that then i think it's pretty tricky like because like i said we're attempting to kind of provide this equation of like hey do this one thing that's kind of doesn't sound that all appealing and what you can get a lot in return when it comes to just how you look feel perform and age so yeah it, it you know you kind of need to have a little bit of skin in the game and, and you have to kind of connect the dots a little bit. You know, I think guys generally, they like to play dumb with their alcohol use and, oh, it's not that much. And I don't drink that much. I don't drink as much as Bob and this whole thing, it's all these games they play. But, you know, yeah, you have to, like you're, you mentioned earlier, you kind of have to go against the grain a little bit and you have to, you know, kind of, you know, sack up and give it a try and see what happens. There's one thing then in your notes that really stood out for me, which is you mentioned that you're wanting to stay active and kick ass well into your 80s, right? And I I love that mantra because when I look at what being a business athlete is, it's like being my mom to me. My mom at 75 years old was, was cruising down the mountain with her grandchildren and myself, you know, last winter, you know, in Alberta on a toboggan whirling around falling into the toboggan getting at a toboggan like a 12 year old schoolgirl, and i said to myself that's what a business athlete is she's taking care of herself to be able to do that which very much like yourself right you're saying i'm gonna kick ass it's not about having the six pack or not about having all these other things it's about being able to do the things you want to do in your 80 i, I think that's really what you're selling your audience aren't you because when i look when i hear what you're saying I'm saying the same thing to my audience of business athletes. You're not going to achieve those goals you want to achieve in life, my friend, if you don't think about all these little pockets of your life that are being exposed right now. And that's what you're, you're calling attention to, which I really have a lot of admiration for. It's a little bit, hey, Peter Pan's got to grow up eventually, right? Like yes. I said, I think we kind of like to keep the same, I think me and a lot of my peers like to keep the same identity that we had in high school and kind of keep the same playbook. And it's like, hey, we're still that same fun guy. We're still that wild guy. And that's fine and good. But again, you know, you up, you need to update the playbook a little bit. And if you don't, not only is it going to cost you now, because like I said, I mean, when talking about what, how it affects you today, it's like low energy, low testosterone, but poor sleep, look and feel like crap, kind of discontent, you know, low mood, all that stuff is very bad blood work. All that stuff is very real. But, you know, yeah, absolutely. When it comes to your longevity and, yeah, living a great life and, you know, there's lifespan and there's health span, right? So you can like, oh, you might live to 80, but the last 10 or 15 years might just be like hell, you know, you feel like shit, you've had major health issues, you're not able to engage in life the way you wanted to, you're probably not able to work and make the same money, it's probably affected your relationships and your appeal to your, from your partner. So it's just, you know, it's just not really living. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you want to, you know, my dad has done pretty well. He's like 82. He's going like hunting in Wyoming, you know, he's like pulling up deer up these ravines and hunting, you know, fishing in Alaska and all this stuff. It's like, that's how you want to roll. You know, you don't want to be like, 
kind of moping around watching Matlock and stuff like that. And and that's kind of the reality that I'm trying to kind of have those conversations because, you know, like I said, I think everybody thinks they're going to live forever, but you know, you, chronic disease starts coming down in your forties and fifties, you know, depending upon your diet and lifestyle and how much you're drinking. And so kind of telling my peers, you're rolling the dice and hey, maybe tap the brakes and, and restore your health while you still can. It's way easier to restore your health than it is to like, kind of manage chronic disease, especially with our healthcare, it's kind of more around treating symptoms and not addressing the root cause. So it just winds up being a, a, a slog, a death march with your doctor and pharmacist and checkbook. And it's just not a lot of fun and not very effective. Clifford, do you ever feel like the preacher? <laughs> sort of, sort of. Yeah. Again, it's, it's my own little crazy head and, and riffs, but that's I respect I that it. though, about you. I you know, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I have props for that because men, in my experience, anyways, alcohol is the center of the conversation. So it brings us together, watching sports, hanging out with my buddies, doing that. And I think there's this fear of, well, if I'm not going to go for wings or drinks with my buddies, where's my buddies and where am I? And that's a hard thing for many men in my experience anyways, to turn their back on. So to have you say, well, guys, there's another option. I think it's a brilliant podium to stand upon. I really do. Yeah. And I think you hit some of the biggest fears right on the head there. And a lot of that stuff is just, it's just not true. This is, it's kind of bullshit and it's it's excuses that you tell yourself. The reality is that, you know, your buddies are your buddies you can still drink beer. I drink great non-alcoholic beers all the time. It sounds goofy, but there's fantastic any beers. I, I have a very good palate. There's fantastic beers out there. So, and there's some muscle memory from drinking for decades, you know, that you still get a little bit of a, a buzz. And again, it's not sobriety. Some of my buddies, I'm from California. Some people mm-hmm. do weeds. There's nicotine. There's, there's other, you know, there's other fish to fry in that. So, there's some flexibility there, but yeah, it's just kind of, you know, exploring that. And, you know, the, the reality is whose vacation isn't about like not drinking and moping mm-hmm. around and watching mm-hmm. the clock. It's really about, again, taking that extra time, money and energy to really start cleaning up your diet and lifestyle and really kind of just maximizing your performance and gains. And the more you stack up and the more wins you get, the more you're going to want to keep them. And the more, yeah, your life is going to change and it's going to get better. And sometimes some of your friends are, you find out are, are kind of more drinking buddies and, you know, and there's a little bit of a loss there, but, you know, do you want, you know, it's like, what do you want and what are you willing to pay for it? You know? And so, and again, it's not like you're not, you know, it's not like you're judging them or anything. If anything, you're being an example and you, you might turn some buddies onto it too. So that's, it's kind of part of being a good friend because that's the other thing that frustrated me with my peer groups is I'd have buddies where it'd be like, whoa, Bob ain't doing so good there. He's on his second wife. He's got a couple DUIs. He's had some health problems. And I'm talking to my buddies and they're just like, yeah, Bob's a big boy. He can handle it. Well, I'm like, he, but he's not, you know? And, and again, you can't really have that conversation very effectively with guys, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, again, the brainchild of, of having this movement, having this kind of package where you can get some really good, clear awareness around some of the challenges and, 
and what to expect and, and then really just kind of the playbook because at the end of the day we're not alcoholics like it's not that hard to navigate it's more just in your head and, and kind of fear but it's like it's not that hard you, you know what to say you know what to drink you figure it out you stop you're not as de- you know, the dependence wears off after a few weeks and you just get after it and start stacking up wins and having a great time and yeah getting some buddies to go so it's really not as hard as we we make it out in our head it's just because no just because no one's done it doesn't mean that it's not that it's like impossible or anything but well then we have to ask ourselves the question too what kind of friendship is it really a friendship if it's always while we are inebriated and i'm not trying to be the the friendship police here and be the fun police that's not what i'm suggesting but to your point if you're deciding to make a decision in your life which is a positive decision and some and, and then you're trying to perhaps convey that influence or or make some give some people some things to consider it's unfortunate that one would judge you for that because then i don't think you want that friend in your life what you're also saying too yeah you know again it's not even like hey look at me i'm doing this it's kind of just like hey like i went to a bachelor party in may and you know a lot of my buddies were drinking and you know whatever and i was drinking na's and i wasn't like telling them what to do or you know yeah. judging them or anything but it's just a guy like oh cliff's it there he's having fun he's doing the same shit we're doing like you know it's just kind of showing that there's another way and i think that's that's you know, the theme i mean i like that there is another way you know what's unfortunate though cliff is that the industry is moving to more and more alternative options than than alcohol but yet we're stuck with calling the term for drinks mocktail and here's where I have a concern with that. In my experience with the, the human language, the word mock means what? Nothing positive. Fake, yeah. Like yeah. Nothing it's, positive. It's, it's, There's the, so could you imagine if I said, yeah, I'm mocking Cliff right now? Like if you heard that I was mocking you, I'm not making you feel very good, am I? Right. Yeah. No. And that reminds me of, I hear this term like sober curious and stuff like that. And it's like, maybe for girls, but like yeah. dudes don't use that type of moniker. And no dude is like, sober curious and you know it it sounds like we don't know like what who we are what we're you know like we're questioning our identity or it's just it's some of this vernacular is pretty pretty funny but again at the end of the day it's easy to get kind of caught up in the vernacular of it all but it's like you're drinking stuff that tastes good and it's a cocktail that doesn't have alcohol it's just you know you're still drinking beer and cocktails they just don't have alcohol in it is, is ultimately what what it is but you know, it's easy to get tripped up and, you know, oh, it means this and that's, and I don't want, that's not cool. And it's like, again, it's just all in your head. Often movements need the right leader to make the movement happen. And I listen to you speak and I hear of your experiences and it's clear to me that this movement has the right person. Uh, you're authentic. Speak about how, how authenticity has helped you in business and being an entrepreneur. Cause you know, I hear you speak the language you use, uh, you know your audience, your audience knows you. You use it to your advantage, don't you, Clifford? Obviously, it, I think it's super important to just build rapport and, you know, connect. You know, honestly, in my consulting business, you know, it's been great and it's a great business. I love it. And, but I wasn't as aligned with it just because, you know, it just, I, it, the passion wasn't there and it, it wasn't, you know, I just didn't have the, the muscle memory that I have with drinking with my buddies and working on my health and wellness and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's exciting to be able to kind of get it going and speak to it and start getting 
some of the testimonials that, that are coming in and some of the conversations that are coming in mean a lot. And yeah, again, it's like I said, I just feel like I found this like obvious secret that no one's talking about or trying. And then when other people do it, it's like the exact same soup. Like everybody gets like the same great results. And so, yeah, it's been fun. And yeah, I think, you know, with anything where you're trying to encourage people to look at it a different way, you don't want to be like Mr. Mm -hmm. Know-it-all and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, the reality is that, you know, I drank for 30 years and, you know, it, I thought, it was benefiting me and I thought everything was good, but you know, you look back at it and you're like, man, I slept like shit. And I felt like crap. My, you know, my didn't communicate as well. I didn't have as much energy. So there's, it's easy to, you know, hindsight it's 2020, but no, I think it's important. And it's, you know, it's, it's very real and personal topic. So I think it's important to just be honest about it. You know, at the end of the day, there's pluses and minuses, right? Like, you can go to the party until four in the morning or you can go till midnight. And if you go till four in the morning, like you're not going to have much of a Saturday unless it's like sitting on the couch watching reruns. And so you can go home at near, midnight and go have some sex and get up early and go mountain bike and whatever and get after it. But, you know, there's trade-offs and it's, you know, you kind of have to start, eventually you have to start doing a little math. And, you know, if you're eight, 10 drinks in, it's like, you're not the frontal lobe is shutting down anyway. So it's not like you're really there enjoying it per se. So it's just, this is something you don't want to like get in the habit of doing because yeah, this is going to really kind of screw up your week. Clifford, I applaud your efforts. We're coming up on our hour and I'm very grateful for your time. Anything you want to finish off with on booze vacations or or one compensation you want to plug before we wrap up? Anything that I may have missed asking you? Yeah, totally appreciate the time. Yeah, check out Booze Vacation. We have, you can get a you versus versus booze PhD in 20 minutes where we have like a quick trip self-assessment. We could look at kind of how alcohol might be affecting your health and quality of life, completely confidential and then we have, you can take a quick win challenge where you can kind of do a challenge each week, like try to find a non-alcoholic beer or listen to Andrew Huberman's podcast on alcohol. It's a couple hours. It's pretty impactful, but just kind of some quick things you could do to get smarter with your drinking today. And then we offer free booze vacations when you're ready. And again, it's going to typically takes a little bit of education and awareness to get there first, but that's all found on our website and testimonials and stuff. So yeah, check it out. And yeah, I really appreciate the time today to speak with you. Awesome. I appreciate you coming in here. All right. So wrapping up today's chat with Clifford here live in the lab tomorrow on the show, we have Eric Degatti joining us live in the lab noon central time, Monday to Friday on the YouTube live stream. Dad's a YouTuber. My kids remind me hit subscribe. I do a worse, I do a bad job of that. So I'm getting better at it. That's my goal this week. Keith Bellis live in the lab, live in the business athlete performance lab. And Hey, Transformation 24, check us out on the website, bapple.ai.